0: In the pines, in the pines, where the sun never shines, you'll shiver when the cold wind blows. There's a grave in the pines, where the sun never shines, there's a grave that's shaded with the pines. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Slay Queens podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Zoik.
1: And I'm also your host, Wayne Thompson.
0: And this is a show where we
1: take a deep dive into into the the dark side of the rainbow.
0: (laughs) Hello, everyone. Hi, everybody. (laughs) Merry Christmas.
1: Yes, (laughs) Merry just slightly post Christmas, but Merry Christmas.
0: Yeah, it's Boxing Day. (laughs) Merry Chrysler. (laughs) Uh, Hi, Ashley. Hi, how How are? are you? I'm
1: great. How was your holiday? It was good. Mine was oh, as I well. Did. I did a little bit of working, but I did have some time to celebrate with the family too, so that's always nice.
0: Yes, we got all the gifts, and all of the celebrating, and all of the alcohol. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's how you know you've it's had like a this successful... Time a year.
0: I feel like the last like week of the year is just debauchery for most people.
1: <laughs> I am fairly certain that between December 15th and December 31st, I gain at least 10 pounds. Oh my gosh,
0: that's yeah. exactly... Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh-huh. I mean, don't tell the gay council because they'll revoke my penis <laughs> privileges. Um, but I do think that is something that happens.
0: I would, I like holidays, I'm like swimming in mashed potatoes. That's my thing. That is my one side that I'm like, for making a meal, we have to have mashed potatoes.
1: All the carbs for me, all the carbs <laughs> and all the sweets. Yes, I agree with mashed potatoes. Uh, I insist that my mother uh, make this sweet potato casserole, which is essentially just sweet potatoes, brown sugar, and gluttony. Um, Doesn't
0: it have like marshmallows (laughs) on it
1: too? It does. It has like a pecan pie crust. Yeah, my
0: grandma used to make one.
1: Well, and my mom insists on doing marshmallows on top of the pecan pie crust because she (laughs) she says it's more aesthetically pleasing that way.
0: Exactly right.
1: That's so funny. Yeah, it does look
0: pretty. I mean,
1: it looks great, (laughs) and it sounds delicious. And now that I've talked about it, I'm going to have to have some when I leave here today. Uh Because uh, I do have the leftovers in the fridge. Uh, and then, of course, lots of dessert because my family's really big on that. But, yeah, that explains why I go from about a 28 waist to about a 31 waist um, <laughs> at the very end of the year. That's okay. Yeah, it's bulking season. It is bulking season. I do you stick to that. Do you even lift bra? <laughs> so, that
0: could not have been any gayer.
1: <laughs> I aim to please. I like that. We're but to our
0: themes.
1: yeah, welcome back, Slay Queens, to the Slay Queens podcast. Thank you for joining us again on episode. What is this episode nine? Nine. Episode nine. nine? Shout nine. out to episode nine. Nine. All right. Before we get started, we do want to give some shout outs and some thank yous. Ashley, did you want to start? Um.
0: Yeah. Well, I guess I was like, <laughs> what did I, I? I didn't have anyone, and then I thought of someone. Obviously. Uh. The most
1: important someone. Yeah,
0: she's the most important someone in my world, anyway. My lovely girlfriend um, was the one who presented this particular person to us. And it's amazing because she likes true crime. I mean, she's into it. She's not nearly as, like, into it. Like, we basically, that's all we pay attention to in our (laughs) free time, which is one thing. But, um, yeah, this was... One that's very different from the others we've talked about and just like the twists and turns and, oh my goodness, (laughs) things like, you know, she, she brought this person up and I was like, okay, let's, let's Google and and look at Wikipedia or whatever. And I'm reading and I'm reading and I'm like, oh my fuck, this is awesome. Thank you, babe.
1: You and I (laughs) talked. You and I talked about that before we started recording about how when uh, we got the suggestion from Sierra, thank you, Sierra, uh, about this person to do uh, for the pod, I wasn't super excited about it, admittedly, but the more I started researching it, the more excited I got, because like you said, there are so many unexpected twists and turns. Mm -hmm. Uh, So thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. You'll have to thank her personally (laughs) Uh, for all of us later. Uh, also, I would like to thank first and foremost, generally speaking, the United States, Canada, (laughs) Germany, Iceland, India, and the Netherlands, because we have listeners from all of those countries. I'm
0: like, where is he going with this? Because that has nothing to do with this. Yeah.
1: So I thought that was pretty amazing.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Also, specifically, I want to thank a couple of people who mentioned us on Twitter this past week. At OKNate and also at Sean Link22. Thank you so much for the mention on Twitter. Please keep it up and feel free to do it again. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> on Instagram, we did get a share on someone's personal account on their story. This is not a step. Thank you so much for that. And Apple Podcast Thank Reviews. Thank you so much for your five-star review, Infinite Jack and Hunt Sauce. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. And any of our listeners who have not shared, rated, reviewed, or uh, suggested that anyone should listen or follow the Queens, please do that. And we will be happy to also give you a shout out on a future episode. Also in further attempts to try and be as professional as we can be again, like we said before, we're making uh, improvements and trying to improve our processes In doing that, I do want to shout out my resources before we take uh, too much of a dive into this story. First and foremost, I got information about this person on a docuseries called Inside the Mind of a Serial Killer. That was Season 2, Episode 5. That's available on Netflix. This person's name is Donna Perry. And also I got some information about Donna Perry Uh, Via some articles, one was published by ABC News and the other was published by the Spokesman Review, which is a newspaper out of Spokane, Washington. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Snaps to everybody. We sincerely appreciate your love (laughs) and your contribution. (laughs) Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, let's take this deep dive into the dark side of the rainbow again, talking about uh, Ms. Donna Perry. In January of 2012, a 62-year-old woman by the name of Donna Perry was taken into custody by the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms in Spokane, Washington. That's going to be the ATF for you cool kids. I thought Uh, that was
0: so interesting when I read that. I'm like, okay.
1: Donna, who had previously been incarcerated for felonious crimes. That's my $2 word for the day. Felonious.
0: Lots of them, too. Thank you. Yes. Yes.
1: Uh, She was found to illegally be in the possession of several firearms and would ultimately be issued a federal felony weapons charge. Okay. Nice. Due to the Katie Seppich Seppich Enhanced DNA Collection Act, Donna was then required to submit her DNA to be entered into the National DNA Data Bank or CODIS. If any of our crime queens are not familiar with the name Katie Seppich uh, or the Katie Seppich Enhanced DNA Collection Act, or a.k.a. Katie's law. It is a law that was enacted by Congress in 2012 requiring that all felony arrestees be DNA tested. Uh, The law is named after Katie Seppich, who was a New Mexico woman that was abducted from her front yard in August of 2003. Uh, She was attacked. She was raped. She was ultimately strangled to death. And the perpetrator then set her body on fire before abandoning it at an old dump site.
0: I totally forgot about that law. That's so, I mean, until you said Katie's law, I was like, oh, that's right. That's what it is. I've heard that before.
1: I knew that the law existed. I had heard of it, but I didn't know the the backstory. Mm-hmm. So even in doing research for this case, I thought, you know, I should know why this is a yeah. thing. Uh, so I did a little bit of uh, I research it, about that.
0: it being just learning that, but I, I would not have remembered what it was. Yeah.
1: Also, if any of our queens are curious, CODIS, C-O-D-I-S. Stands for the Combined DNA Index System. That is a generic term used to describe the FBI's program of support for criminal justice DNA da- databases, as well as the software used to run these databases.
0: Pretty uh, sure I referred to it as like FICA on an episode. <laughs> I'm like, what is that thing? It's called like FICA or something. Not even close. Uh, Samsonite.
1: Swah, swah, swami, swami. Samsonite. <laughs>
0: Uh, that's me there
1: we yeah. go <laughs> little Jim Carrey reference for you cheering
0: there's a, there's a correction corner for the day
1: exactly <laughs> all right so now that we've all gained a little bit of valuable true crime knowledge uh let's carry on authorities would soon learn that Donna Perry's DNA was a match for evidence that had been collected for more, uh, for crimes uh 20 years prior uh so connected to a cold case DNA connected to a cold case In 1990, in Spokane, police connected the murders of three female sex workers and investigated them as crimes of a possible serial killer, before their leads dried up, of course, and the case went cold. Initially, when questioned, Donna denied any connection to the murders. However, when pressed by the investigators who insisted that DNA evidence does not lie, she would eventually respond to the question, quote, did you kill these women by saying, quote, No, Donna didn't, but it was over 20 years ago. And if Douglas did, I don't know about it. Ah! God. (laughs) Dun, dun, dun. dun,
0: dun.
1: The plot thickens. W.T.F.
0: I know it, right? Who
1: is Douglas? Who
0: the fuck?
1: (laughs) Who the fuck is Douglas? (laughs) Don't sue us. We don't have the rights to that. Okay, so I'm just going to preface with the fact that I will be using the name Douglas along with male pronouns uh, in this portion of the episode. The reason for this is because Donna Perry herself, when giving this history and describing these events, would use the name Doug- Douglas along with male pronouns. These are her accounts as well as the investigation findings of law enforcement. It is not my intention to misgender anyone. I'm not misgendering Anyone I'm just giving her accounts and the accounts of the investigators.
0: I was wondering about this for a minute too because I'm like, okay How do we really address? Her or him and and use the proper pronouns and also to like Make to me it seems that this person had a sex change because they wanted to kill Douglas. like I think she even says something along the lines of like, I had to kill Douglas so that he wouldn't kill anyone else. So to me, it's like, okay, that's a little bit touchy because it's almost like you had a sex change operation just to not be Douglas anymore. You know what I mean? It's, it wasn't like this deep, I, I was born the wrong gender kind of thing. It's kind of, it's a touchy subject. You know what I mean?
1: It is a very touchy subject. And there's a lot of speculation as to whether or not this person, spoiler alert, uh, Ashley is the queen of spoilers. <laughs> Sorry. Spoiler alert, uh, there's a lot of speculation in hindsight as to whether or not this person is a true transgender, in- transgender individual or if this was a ploy right. to try and get out of murder charges. Exactly. But that being said, who the fuck is Douglas? <laughs> how, do we do, how do we do that? Douglas R. Perry was born in 1952 in the state of Washington. Douglas and his older brother were raised by their parents in the rural farmlands and orchards that? of Washington. I always find a way to, I guess, <laughs> throw in the word rural. I really do. Yeah. Reports would allege that Douglas was emotionally and physically abused by his entire family and would also suffer sexual abuse from his father. By the age of 16... In 1968, Douglas's father would die unexpectedly of some sort of aneurysm. They didn't really go into any sort of description, but some sort of aneurysm. And his mother would be institutionalized for schizophrenia. Struggling to establish relationships with the people around him, teenage Douglas's best friends would, and this is a direct quote, would become guns. People would describe his fascination with firearms as, quote, is seemingly being in love with the actual weapon itself.
0: Oh, I didn't know it was that bad.
1: Yeah. Definitely a fixation and a fascination. And I don't want to know what else was happening. Yeah, that's what
0: I'm like. Wait, wait, wait. What are you doing with these?
1: Yeah. Where were they going? Yeah,
0: that's. Yeah, thanks for picking up what I
1: was putting down. I, I got you, girl. Ugh. By the 1970s, Douglas would begin hoarding guns and even earn himself criminal charges associated with simple assault and assault with a firearm. By 1990, Douglas had moved to Spokane, Washington, where at the age of 37, he would seemingly develop his second obsession.
0: And apparently there's another Spokane uh, killer out there because I there did, is. I didn't tell you earlier, but texted you a few days ago saying i was about to watch something making mm-hmm. sure that this is who we're talking about whatever i watched probably a solid 15 to 20 minutes of a documentary
1: on the wrong person
0: not about, <laughs> and I, like they didn't say a name and, I, and i'm like i'm like thinking about i'm like this doesn't make any sense like this can't be who like i don't whatever i'll just keep watching and then yeah. i'm just like yeah nope this is not and i googled it like yep not right at all not even close
1: I ran across that as well, and the victim profiles were so similar, that, and yeah. they were uh, happening kind of along the Very same similar. Yeah, same, same time period. Yeah. So uh, the two, when you go in and research these cases, are they always come up. The come up. Yeah, they always come up in one another's. Um,
0: yeah, well, I figured that out. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it took me that long.
1: No. Uh, but do we care to take a guess on what his second obsession would be? Well, you know, women, (laughs) (laughs) sex workers specifically, but yes, female sex workers, uh, by all accounts in his adult life, Douglas Perry had no known significant relationships outside of those relationships that he had with sex workers. The eventual theory would be that Douglas preferred these relationships because these were situations that he could control and people that he could objectify at will.
0: That's not a red flag how many red flags is that now
1: <laughs> I mean I'm pretty sure we've not been counting them as diligently as we should have but I'm pretty sure we're up to at least what 15 or 20 red flags at this point I mean we're almost at episode 10 and I would I would wager that we've had at least two red flags per episode oh, probably sure. three or four
0: yeah
1: so yeah. red flag number insert correct number here <laughs> A lot. Now let's do the thing that we came here to do. (coughs) The thing. Let's talk about the murders. On February 21st of 1990, Yolanda Sapp, a 26-year-old sex worker, would encounter Douglas Perry near the Spokane River. Yolanda would not feel threatened by this meeting because Douglas was well-known to the sex workers in the local community. Uh, Douglas at that time was even dating a female sex worker and had developed a reputation For often giving the women food or a place to sleep in his home when they needed it.
0: I forgot about that.
1: Yeah, he had developed a reputation for being kind of a good guy towards the the sex workers in the Spokane, Washington area. Yolanda and Douglas would agree to return to his house to engage in sex for money. Uh, She would never be seen alive again, however. The following day, Yolanda Sapp was reported missing by her boyfriend and then ultimately, passersby on a trail overlooking the Spokane River would contact the police reporting a woman's body located near the riverbanks. Yolanda would be discovered by police officers uh, bound by the feet with a very distinctive green blanket. Put a pen in that. That's a Wayneism. Put a pin <laughs> in
0: that. I love that. Um,
1: otherwise, though, she would be naked. And by all accounts, people were quoted as saying she was on display like a trophy. Oh. She had been shot three times.
0: Yikes.
1: On March 24th, I really... (laughs) (laughs) What does it say? uh, In my notes, it says March 24th. Yeah, so I wonder what I was doing at this time. (laughs) Sorry, sorry, crime queens. Uh, (laughs) I really had to just stop and and try to remember what I was doing when I typed this out. That's hilarious. On March 24th of 1990, Nikki Lowe, a 35-year-old sex worker, uh, would also encounter Douglas Perry at the Green Street underpass. Apparently, this is an area in Spokane that's often frequented by sex workers and their solicitors. The two would agree to return to Douglas's home to engage in sex for money. Uh, the following day, Nikki would be found shot, dead naked and draped over a guardrail alongside a roadway near the Spokane river. What's that about? Just, I don't Uh. know. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm mind blown by it. Evidence collected from a nearby trash can would be identified as having belonged to Nikki Lowe. These Mm -hmm. items would include her clothing, a hypodermic needle, because unfortunately she did struggle with a drug addiction and also a bottle of sexual lubricant. Oh, Wow. Uh, the lube bottle was marked with a fingerprint that couldn't be identified as Nikki's or anyone who should have been touching. Who would have been
0: around her. Yeah, yeah. who
1: would have been around her. So, put a pin in that.
0: Oh, and I'm sure everyone that she worked with was perfectly willing to be fingerprinted because they want to know who, who who was who was around. Absolutely,
1: like who had killed her. Then 51 days after the murder of Nikki Lowe, a sex worker by the name of Kathy Brisbow. I apologize if I've not gotten that name correctly. I even- Kathleen.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's what yeah. I said because I was trying yeah. to pay attention. I hey. watched some, like, there's not a lot of, like, video or, like, there's no, it's mean, like documentary or anything that I could find on this person. And that was one thing, though. It was it was a lot of uh, local news channels, mm-hmm. like little excerpts that I got to watch. And yeah. that was the one thing I was listening for was how do you say her fucking name because I want to get it right.
1: Well, and I'm also big on if I have any sort of question as to whether or not I'll be pre- pronouncing it correctly or incorrectly, I'll go in and do the Google pronunciation where they play the video for you. Ah, uh, uh, so I'm. I didn't know that was
0: a thing. Yeah, uh,
1: Kathy Brisbo, Uh is what they uh, is what Google I pronunciation. What Google
0: says. would say for my last name. Everybody butchers mine.
1: Uh, it's it's easy to do. I I had known you for a while and I was like, so that I'm not saying this incorrectly on the pod at some point, (laughs) it's this, right? Never
0: in a million years think that's how you pronounce
1: that. Yeah. But, uh, 51 days after the murder of Nikki Lowe, a sex worker by the name of, let's just call her Kathy, uh, was set out for an evening's work on the streets of Spokane, Washington. Uh, due to the two previous unsolved murders of local sex workers, Kathy had actually recently told some of her peers that if a John attempted to abduct her, she would quote not go down without a fight. Okay. Yeah, you gotta you gotta respect that.
0: there yeah. Uh,
1: but unfortunately, Kathy would be given the opportunity to make good on that promise. Really. Yeah she would encounter Douglas Perry and the two would agree to travel to not his home, but a secluded spot near the Spokane River uh, to engage in sex for money. At some point during their time together, uh, Kathy must have been alerted to the fact that something wrong was happening or something bad was going to happen to her or that Douglas intended to do her some harm because there was evidence to indicate that she had attempted to escape from him. Mm-hmm. near where the, the car would have been parked, her shoes and jacket were found discarded in that, that parking area. Uh, then her sundress and some of her blood were scattered down the embankment towards the river as though she were running away, as though she had been injured initially okay, and, and then were, was running away. Uh, and then at the bottom of the embankment, uh, there was evidence, blood evidence and other things to indicate that the two would continue on to a struggle at that point. Uh, and that Kathy would grab Douglas's arms, deeply scratching the two of them, and collecting a significant amount of epithelial tissue—that's uh, skin cells for the cool kids—underneath uh, <laughs> those fingernails.
0: The epidermis.
1: The epidermis, the outer layer of the skin. Uh, ultimately, that's we both had to learn. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I had to learn it years ago, but <laughs> Same. I mean, yeah, way too many years ago. Way too many years but ago. I at least
0: remember that part of it.
1: Yeah. Ultimately, Douglas would shoot Kathy through the head and chest. He would remove the remainder of her clothing and leave the woman to die on the riverbanks. Kathy's body would be discovered the following day. This is music to signify a break! <laughs> <laughs> so fun. You're doing great, sweetie. Thanks. Love you. By this time, authorities in Spokane, Washington, were prepared prepared to investigate the murders of the three local sex workers over the course of a three month time period as the work of a possible serial killer. So snaps for the Spokane police department.
0: Yeah. Um, Kind of immediately.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it's not a serial killer until there are three or more victims. So as soon as they had a third victim, they said, Hey, we potentially have a serial killer on our Mm -hmm. hands. We should do something about this. And oftentimes in cases that we've just talked about in our less than 10 episodes doing this podcast, especially if, these victims are involved in any sort of like sex work, or if they are considered uh, what is not the air quotes, non ideal victim, we were talking about this a little bit, too. Mm -hmm. There are there's this concept out there that there are ideal victims and your ideal, ideal victim is somebody that the police and the general public are immediately going to sympathize with someone that they're immediately going to say this person didn't live a life in which they should have been subjected to this horror. Girl next door. Yeah. The girl next door. And we are going to do everything that we can immediately to bring this perpetrator who did this horrible thing to them to justice. And then there are those who don't fall into that category. The non ideal victim are the people at which the law enforcement and general public immediately go, Oh, well, you know, what sort of life she lives. So <laughs> yeah. what do you expect?
0: What was she wearing when yeah. it
1: happened? And we see a lot of that in the stories that we discuss, especially yeah. with the LGBTQIA community, uh, whether they be the victims or even the perpetrators who had been victimized throughout their life mm-hmm. uh, in certain ways that maybe led them to committing the heinous crimes uh, that they committed. And again, not upholding them in any of the wrong that they did, but... We've seen this a lot, but snaps for them for immediately, uh, jumping to this and saying, Hey, we really think we need to take this a, a bit more seriously, especially considering that it was in the 1990s. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's,
0: yeah, that's so valid. It's so I mean, valid. That's, that's a time where we've talked about numerous times with other cases that like, it was just like the cops in the community didn't talk.
1: Absolutely. Anybody that was considered that like air quotes, lower form of life. Yeah, or that non-faction. Yeah whether it be uh, somebody from the queer community or somebody yeah. who was a sex worker. Yeah. Uh, but snaps for them. They jump to it.
0: Like a skateboarder or, you know, anybody who wasn't like of this perfect life form to you is just kind of like, man, what were they doing to get themselves in that situation? What did they, what did they do rather than, Why did this person harm them?
1: Kind of brings me to the West Memphis three. Now they weren't victims. I mean, they were victims, but they weren't initially seen as victims. They were seen as perpetrators, but uh, it was just this outward appearance. It's the way they dress, the way that they look, the way that they behave. People immediately jumped to, well, they must have committed horrible crimes based on these very superficial reasons Mm -hmm. and not their actual actions. Mm -hmm. So yeah. And that happened uh, in the nineties as well. But a task force was formed, and case evidence was compared. The victim profiles—they were female sex workers—obviously matched. Uh, the cause of death, as well as the staging of the bodies, that obviously matched. They were all killed uh, via gunshot wounds. They were all staged. Wait, hold on.
0: I want to add this in. Did you? Did you? Did you notice that it was a twenty-two caliber?
1: I did. What is with that? I did. Uh, apparently, <laughs> it's the psychopaths weapon of choice.
0: That's, that's crazy, right? Yeah.
1: It, it's a big coincidence. Throwback to episodes one and two. Uh-huh. Eileen Warnos yeah. And uh, I think
0: even another... Maybe.
1: Maybe. I'll have remember. to even go back and review our own podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> but true. I know for sure it was... Well, the... and it, and
0: apparently, and it, plus too, let's add in that... Oh, in my research anyways, I found a lot of charges when it came to the amount of gun. This person is obsessed with guns. And had a lot of them. Yes. had numerous different types. Like, I read an arsenal. But for some reason, that is the one that was used with these victims.
1: Maybe it's because it's small. I actually did read a little bit about this. Uh, Maybe it's because it's small. It's easy to conceal. And also because it doesn't make a lot of noise when it's fired. So Mm -hmm. they were saying that the theory was, is that because a lot of these murders, um, they uh, hypothesized or they theorized. We know for sure with Kathy it did. Uh, but we theorize that these murders took place down by the river where like the noise of that 22 caliber revolver would have been drowned out by the sounds uh, of the river itself. Okay. So See, I was thinking
0: of something totally different. Yeah. Like, Why would you bring like a six shooter? You must be confident. You must yeah. be knowing that you're going to be in a super close range. Cause, maybe,
1: maybe it's both I mean, being yeah. very methodical and also overconfidence. Yeah. 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 Uh, but like I said, the cause of death was the same. The staging of the bodies was the same, putting them out on display like these naked trophies. Mm-hmm. Uh, additionally, investigators were able to match green fibers found on the bodies of Nikki Lowe and Kathy Brisbow to the green blanket uh, that had been used to bind the legs of Yolanda Sapp. Oh, that's so, crazy. yeah, they've got wow. evidence connecting all three bodies, not wow. just kind of the circumstantial stuff. Uh, Also, though DNA testing was a science in 1990, at the time, a profile could only be created from blood evidence. Uh, And in these cases, the only blood evidence obtained from the scenes of the crimes were blood from the victims, not any blood from the perpetrator. Uh, However, the task force would very wisely, in my opinion, Preserve the fingerprints of Kathy Brisbow in hopes that someday scientific advancements would allow for the testing of epithelial tissue to create a DNA profile. Uh, as previously stated, at this time, uh, in this case, uh, things would go cold. And Douglas Perry would never even pop up on the radar of the task force that was investigating these crimes.
0: You know what? Now that we're talking about this, because it dawned on me like this is a you know, twenty year later kind of case thing mm-hmm. because they brought old evidence out that someone had wisely, as you said, uh, preserved. Um, I'm intrigued to know who the forensic pathologist was 20 years later because, I watched this show on HBO and I highly recommend it. To, I, I don't know if I, if you would call it a docu series or whatever, but it's called autopsy and they're all mm-hmm. different individual, you know, ones. And it's one specific pathologist and I absolutely love him. But what he does is like these cases that, you know, 15, 20, 30. I mean, there was one case where it was 2000 years later that he was now doing, uh, an autopsy on these bodies with new, you know, for like new, Things that had been stored from forever ago that he's now like re-going and looking back at again with all this uh new technology is the word i was looking for and the things that he finds it's i mean it's amazing if anyone has hbo like this show is mind-blowing like what he figures out and how he does it um i would be interested to know which by the way he did epstein's autopsy
1: Really? Yeah, <laughs> okay. I
0: had like multiple people like tell me. I, I went to work one day at Starbucks, and uh, one of the guys I work with, he's like, "Did you hear who did Epstein's autopsy?" And I was wow. like, "Why would I hear that?" Like, and he goes, "Mr. <laughs> guy, man, like it's yeah. him." And I was like, "That's awesome."
1: That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Plus, I, I, for me, in in doing this portion of the research, this is a little off topic of what you were saying, but it was so intriguing to me. That they were so ambitious to to go, okay, well someday we're gonna have a Star Trek future. Yeah, it's so and true. At some at some point they're gonna be able to pull this DNA yeah. and they're gonna be able to tell us who this killer was. It was pure like hope and fantasy for them, and it came true. Yeah. You know, and someone and,
0: had to have a dream. Yeah. And like most people think way too logically to like ever think to preserve something like that.
1: And I'm kind of that guy. I'm the super analytical thinker in which I go, well, this, this is fact. This is what we have to work with. Let's not dream. Yeah. And again, they said, no, there's a Star Trek future Mm -hmm. and it's going to happen someday. And we're going to facilitate it happening someday. Awesome. So that's amazing. Snaps for them.
0: Yeah. And that's like that show that I was talking about. That's how it always is. There's always somebody who did their future selves a good deed and didn't even realize it until X amount of years later.
1: Yeah. Lord knows I didn't yeah. do my future self any, <laughs> <laughs> any favors. I understand that. Except for all the mistakes I made. I've learned some valuable learned. lessons there. Yes. <laughs> the next time we hear from Douglas Perry is in 1998 when he was having, air quotes, a date with a sex huh. worker in his home. This woman would discover what she later described as an arsenal inside the residence. I think you referenced that say earlier. I that. That's funny. Yeah, I think you referenced that earlier. I
0: forgot she said that.
1: And asked Perry why he needed all those weapons. Uh, Douglas Perry responded by saying, quote, don't worry. I won't lo- hurt you because I like you.
0: So I didn't know she asked him that. I knew that yeah. she had like reported to police everything that she said in the list was extensive. I obviously yeah. read that, but yeah. that's funny. Wow. Yeah. Wow, wow.
1: She would become extremely upset by this and quickly leave his home and ah. report this incident to a passing by police officer, which I thought was pretty ballsy. She went and told this whole story saying, hey, I'm a sex worker. I was having a date with this guy. Yeah. I saw these things. I said something about it. And he said this thing to me that thoroughly creeped me out. Uh, I want you to go do something about it. And again, snaps for like Spokane PD for not just like laughing her off or brushing her off because of the type of work that she did. Uh, they actually... Uh, placed him under arrest, and they got a search warrant for his home, and that led authorities to the discovery of forty-nine guns, twenty thousand rounds of ammunition, and five pipe bombs.
0: Oh my God! I read about a pipe bomb. I did not read that there were five.
1: Five pipe bombs.
0: And I will say too, like maybe part of the reason that they took it seriously is because they're like, okay, wow, like she's willing to kind of give up mm-hmm. her illegal career choice just tell us about this we should probably take it seriously or at least you would hope that's the thought process there
1: yeah i I would hope so as well and so far so far i'm really on board with uh, the spokane police and their work (laughs) ethic and how seriously they're just taking crime in general and not subcategorizing it into well crimes against this person are more important versus yeah yeah
0: that's true
1: yeah Additionally, the police would discover medical documents. Or she's got the right cop. Or she's got <laughs> the right cop. Yeah, maybe it was maybe it was somebody that she knew that she had a friendly, and I don't mean sex worker friendly, right. just a friendly like wow. impassing relationship with.
0: Yeah, could
1: be. Additionally, police would discover medical documents from a psychologist indicating that Douglas had been diagnosed with a personality disorder, which resulted in feelings of hatred and violence towards women, as well as gender dysphoria.
0: So, okay, I knew the, the first one. So what I had read was that it was, he was diagnosed with, obviously, the hating women, but mm-hmm. then I also read that he, they, there was paperwork of that, and then there was paperwork of, like, looking up gender reassignment surgeries. So I didn't know if that was a diagnosis that he had gotten to. Okay.
1: I think it was all of the above. Yeah. Uh, and... From what I read and from what I kind of understand from friends of mine who have transitioned, you do have to be evaluated by a psychologist beforehand. And it was kind of all of this documentation together where he was going and uh, being psychologically evaluated uh, because he was starting to have these feelings of potentially being a transgender person. And he was diagnosed with that personality disorder stating that he was potentially um, a danger yeah, Two women, because really. he had these these feelings of hatred and violence towards them, and ironically, he also had gender dysphoria and was a woman living in a man's body. Great. I mean, Se- seems like such an anomaly. Could
0: anybody hate themselves more? <laughs> I mean, really? <laughs> really? Like, I mean, you hate who you are, but then you also hate what you feel like you should have been born as. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's no there's no self love involved in any of that period. There's no Oh my God, that's a living hell. It <laughs> truly
1: is. Truly is. You're absolutely correct. Uh, included in these records was an outline plan of actions Douglas could take in order to begin his transition into becoming a woman. So that's absolutely what was happening. Uh, ultimately, Douglas would be sentenced to 18 months jail time for these weapons charges and due to his personality disorder, uh, would serve that time in an institution for inmates with mental health problems, which was located in Oregon. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, so I just want to recap that for a second because we've been bragging on the Spokane police. Uh, I do want to recap that. Spokane police have evidence that a person who has an obsession with firearms... A known history with female sex workers in the area of Spokane, Washington, and who has clinically been diagnosed as having violent tendencies towards women. Like they have all of this information that they have found. They've gone on record as saying, we found this. Well, when you say it like
0: that. <laughs> Oh, my God.
1: But they don't make the connection to. And again, it's a cold case hindsight's twenty we're playing armchair quarterback yeah, or yeah. armchair investigator or whatever the proper term would be for that, but they don't make the connection. He's never considered a suspect in the aforementioned murders. And, I mean, where are you, my friend? Here you are. I call... Bullshit.
0: That <laughs> never gets old. Bullshit. I mean,
1: <laughs> again, hindsight's twenty twenty, and like you so eloquently pointed it out. When you line up all yeah. those facts like that, but isn't that what they should be doing? I'm not a police officer. That's I fair. don't work in crime in, uh, crime scene investigation. Someone should or be tru-
0: thinking about. Some wheels should be turning.
1: Exactly. There has to be a better process. Yeah. I, I would think there has to be a better process, and that is not me necessarily saying that anyone's doing their job incorrectly but we as professionals in any sort of livelihood should be open to constructive criticism as to how we can be better
0: yeah and I
1: feel like this process could be a lot better at least at that point in time and this was many years ago and hopefully it's better now
0: well of course if you're arresting someone you're going to be wondering do they have any priors could they be linked to something else you know that we've that is a cold case so to speak and maybe you're Mm -hmm. not thinking x 20 more than 10 years earlier Mm -hmm. fine but like we've talked about before shouldn't there be like some kind of database where you can like put in like keywords you know like certain like sex workers like hates women like that whatever that type of mental illness is called hating women i'm Mm -hmm. not sure what the term for it is but like shouldn't that be a word that can be just popped up in something and like maybe you know Send some signals out there. I don't know.
1: Or even fingerprinting. Well, I mean, yeah. Fingerprinting. Obviously- this is not new cutting edge technology. Yeah. Fingerprinting. There was a fingerprint of an unidentified person on the bottle of lube.
0: Oh my God. I totally forgot about that. Because yes. in my head when you're saying all these things, I'm like, why wasn't he finger? Why when he was fingerprinted? For- he should have been, for- been fingerprinted for these guns, right? Why did they not match that up? To- there, Obviously, there wasn't something for them to match it up to. But I guess they didn't fingerprint yeah. him that second go around I just assumed that they would have yeah dear
1: god okay I'm taking back the snaps that we gave them. that's
0: so much easier than I was like literally thinking that they were making it like yeah literally all you had to do is fingerprint this guy
1: yeah snaps rescinded and I'm giving you another I, I
0: feel like an idiot just for well see that's what happens when you assume makes an ass out of you and me right
1: yeah I'm not. Assume
0: that the cops are (laughs) me and the cops (laughs) because (laughs) it. I just assumed they would have fingerprinted someone for having that many fucking guns in their house. I'm
1: sure he was fingerprinted, but obviously there wasn't a cross reference. How? I have no idea. Maybe, maybe at some point in time when we become big, (laughs) important podcasters, hashtag goals. Uh, maybe we'll, out. yeah, how maybe we'll find out. Maybe we'll have the opportunity to speak to somebody from uh, Spokane.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, I actually have a friend who has just moved to Spokane. So I don't know. Maybe, 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 we'll maybe, maybe we'll see. Hopefully he's safe.
0: <laughs> yeah, right? it's not a good grief. Um,
1: so it was while serving time at that institution in Oregon that Douglas would confess to his cellmate that he had killed at least nine women. So, we only knew or know about the three, but there were allegations uh, from Douglas uh, Perry and the cellmate uh, at the institution in Oregon that there were actually a total of nine victims. So,
0: I also want to say, hold on. Yeah, when her says, had uh, killed nine prostitutes, says the quote, he told me. Becoming a woman was a disguise to take the heat off of him. That an elderly lady with mental illness would never get caught.
1: Yeah, I think I got that from the cellmate from the later incarceration.
0: Oh, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah,
1: because right now, right now we're order. still, right now we're still Douglas.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're right. not yet,
1: we're not yet Donna. We've not yet transitioned. Uh, this particular cellmate um, said that Douglas Perry said was bragging about how I killed nine women. They were all sex workers. Uh, He described them as, no, no, you're good. (laughs) Described them as quote pond scum. And Mm -hmm. this I think is a little bit more insight into maybe some of the reasons to actually why, why someone who had this gender dysphoria, someone who um, was born uh, biologically male, but was Mm -hmm. a female. Uh, would maybe seek out these victims said that he had this hatred for them because they were wasting their bodies and they were wasting their ability to reproduce. Uh, Douglas stated that he hated these women uh, because they were able to bear children and become mothers while he himself could not. Yeah. So him,
0: if you're just using that area to, for pleasure rather than for, Procreation, yeah. then you're, he hates you.
1: Basically. Yeah. So he hates you to the extent that he's going to essentially torture and kill you. Which isn't uh, an actual who's
0: dating a prostitute. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, how do you? What's different about that particular woman that you're going to date this one, yet the other ones they're just scum to you? It's just, yeah. It's another anomaly that I guess I'll never understand.
1: <laughs> I will. I will not understand it. Plus, I I. <sighs> I had said that maybe this offers us a little bit of insight as to why Perry committed the crimes that were committed. But then again, uh, a flip side of that is I call a little bit of bullshit.
0: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) bullshit.
1: I call a little bit of BS because uh, at least two of these women had children. Oh yeah, so they weren't yeah. wasting this ability. I didn't know that to reproduce. Here's
0: my one. I didn't yeah. know that. We're yeah. probably there'll be six more. But
1: <laughs> so I, I, I don't know. I almost feel like they were trying to justify their actions later. Yeah. Um, but uh, upon completion of the incarceration, Douglas Perry would then travel to Thailand. So after the 18 months in Oregon, would then travel to Thailand for gender reassignment surgery. Wow. Yeah, and that's when Douglas becomes Donna, the aforementioned Donna. Definitely not hot Donna.
0: Definitely
1: not hot Donna. <laughs> who we come no. full circle. We talked yeah. about hot Donna in the Luca uh, Magnata episode. We
0: sure did.
1: Yeah. yeah, snaps for hot Donna. Uh, we'll always. give hot Donna the snaps that we took away from there the spoken place. <laughs> With scientific advancements in 2009. Spokane police sent the fingernail clippings of Kathy Brisbow to be tested, and a full male DNA profile was developed. That profile was entered into CODIS, and as we previously mentioned, it was ultimately matched to the DNA of Donna Perry in 2012. There it is. There it is. Other evidence tying Donna back to the murder of the three female sex workers in 1990 included, of course, her fingerprint matching the previously unidentified print that was found on the bottle of sexual lubricant that belonged to Nikki Lowe at the time of her death. Donna would be formally indicted for all of these crimes. Her defense at trial would claim that Douglas Perry and Donna Perry were two separate people.
0: Yep.
1: Her defense was that Douglas Perry had feelings of hatred and disgust towards women uh, with violent tendencies that he could not control. Donna said that Douglas's violent tendencies eventually escalated to murder and that she had stopped it, that she had stopped him. Donna claimed that the gender reassignment surgery created a new person, a person who did not have violent tendencies towards women. And that the removal of Douglas's penis also removed the personality disorder that she had previously suffered as Douglas, and that she was not responsible for the crimes that Douglas had committed.
0: I mean, you can make an argument for like if you were to remove most men's genitalia, they wouldn't be themselves anymore, but this but is a far stretch. This
1: is a far
0: stretch. I mean, what I, my paraphrasing from like the first article I read and, and reading what she had said was. So basically what she's saying to me is the only way for Douglas to stop was for Donna to kill him. Yes. You know, like he had to be killed. So I killed him and now I'm somebody else, which is just such a, and I believe that she firmly believes this too. Like it's, it's crazy to me.
1: She believes that she's the hero of the story because she stopped this murderer Uh Douglas. Um, She's like a
0: vigilante in a way.
1: Yeah yeah and i I call bullshit
0: I love that
1: I call complete uh, bullshit, and so did everyone else. um this line of defense would prove ineffective against um against the case evidence and the testimony. Of the cellmate from Oregon uh, in the institution and then of course the of. other cellmate mm-hmm. from when she was institutionalized uh, not institutionalized uh, incarcerated oh, yeah. as Donna yeah. both of those people in um, both of those people testified at trial saying oh well Douglas Perry bragged to me about uh-huh. committing all these crimes and boasted about it and said this is why I did it he and he then of course
0: he, he was had been a hired hitman basically yes
1: And then the cellmate uh, that Donna had had during her incarceration said, what you were explaining to us earlier, do you want to remind us what they said? About, she said that it was her defense. She said, nobody's gonna suspect uh, an old lady. Yes, that's what it was. Yeah, nobody's gonna suspect an old lady of... Hold
0: on, hold on, hold on. Oh my gosh, where did it go? Where did it go? Where did it go?
1: Essentially, she was saying that this was her her plot and her plan and her ploy all along. Yeah. Was to disguise herself uh, in the best way that she possibly could.
0: Because nobody would believe that a, an old woman with a mental health issue would be responsible for something
1: like this. Yeah. Yeah. But that line of defense was ineffective, uh, like I said. Uh, Against the case evidence, against the testimonies, uh, and Donna would ultimately be found guilty of three counts of first degree murder. Mm -hmm. The sentence handed down from Superior Court Judge Michael Price was life in prison without the possibility of parole.
0: I even read somewhere that it was like up to 26 murders that she, she had, you know, ultimately said that. Douglas
1: had committed. Yeah. I know that like we had kind of previously discussed, there was another person who was targeting kind of that same demographic of people,
0: uh, um, yeah. the same
1: victim profile in the, the same area. The serial killer yeah. is what
0: that person was like referred to. As. Yeah.
1: During the same time and kind of the, the victims or at least the theory was some of the victims uh, who was responsible for is a little bit blurred. Mm-hmm. They kind of couldn't prove one person versus the other. So I think right. that's why we're reading accounts that we know of three victims uh, of Douglas Perry's and ultimately Donna Perry, um, but could have, been. could have been nine, which is what Douglas Perry had claimed. And then it could have been up to however many uh, you said that you read an account of. Right. Yeah. Uh, regarding Donna's claim of innocence due to her state of gender dysphoria at the time of the murders, uh, psychiatrist, Dr. Linda Papadopoulos, who apparently is an authority, uh, in the, these sorts of crimes, uh, she is, I guess, very well known and very well regarded in the UK. She's gone on record to say, quote, there is absolutely no connection between gender dysphoria and psychopathic tendencies. It doesn't matter what her gender was. This person was a murderer.
0: I like that a lot. Yeah.
1: I had to include that because I, I,
0: I'm glad
1: that you did. Yeah. I had to make it very clear that people who specialize in this sort of thing Uh saw complete bullshit and said, no, there's no no correlation yeah. between this demographic of people and murderers. This was just a if, bad person, regardless of their gender.
0: If there were, we would have a lot more um, people on our list that were transgender people. Absolutely. We, this is the first one, I believe, that we have talked about. We
1: did about. a transgender person for kind of our shallow dive on episode three.
0: Right, right. You were sick that week. Yeah, Yeah, you were sick that week. So I I had a guest.
1: But and I would love to do. I would love to do more transgender cases because I think it's it's becoming kind of an epidemic.
0: Well, that it for surely is right now. There's
1: not perpetrators so much as victims. No, that's what I
0: mean is the victims. But the thing is, is like it's so interesting because it can't be proven like who this person is. Yeah. And so many of these cases right now which is so sad makes it hard to do i mean we can do the research but it's like who are we going to be talking about yeah. all, all the victims of course that need to be talked about but yeah. it's like who do we center that around we don't know yet
1: well we're figuring out our other processes maybe we can figure yeah, that out too that's
0: true hopefully,
1: hopefully. yeah <laughs> stay tuned and that i guess is <laughs> that. the story of the life and crimes of donna perry interesting 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 case yeah uh shorter episode today there was not a ton of information about her out there
0: I mean it was difficult I will say I mean I even like I said before I watched a documentary that wasn't even about her for quite some time and most of (laughs) anything visually that I got to watch was quite honestly just like I said in the local news channel like talking about the case like when it was active and when she was convicted and everything. So, I mean, that was super interesting. I, I I love seeing like real time, like, yeah, this is what was going on during this. Oh, on a side note though, don't fuck with cats. That docu or I guess limited series on Netflix was just, uh, it was, it's fucking amazing. Like they did such a good job. They did such a good job. And if you listen to the last episode, you have to watch it now or vice versa. It's just Luca. Like we talk about him, but we, I mean, we do talk about the web salutes a decent amount, but I just had no idea the leaps and bounds that these people like went through to find this person. Like if it were not for these people, well, he would have been found, but it would have taken a lot more victims. It, it's really, really, really awesome. It's really good. And it's hard. Some of it's hard to watch, but I have a little bit of a crush on the main girl because she's just such a badass. Think, <laughs> she's awesome.
1: <laughs> I think at this point, the entire nation and possibly the world yeah, has a crush on her because she awesome. is trending. <laughs> she is
0: fucking. Yeah. I want to be her friend, at least. <laughs>
1: one of those people i have not watched it admittedly i've not watched it uh so i'm a little behind
0: oh but you're going in, in that fine. regard i definitely
1: am i'm right now currently obsessing a little bit over season 2 of you yeah I know, which <laughs> i'm
0: like waiting so hard to watch yeah. i need to watch
1: it uh but it is definitely on the list i i do want to kind of go into it plus i also feel like we researched and then presented uh, our findings Yeah, about Luca Magnata, and I feel like I'm a little Luca Magnata fatigued.
0: That could be. So <laughs> I
1: want to give myself it just a be. little bit of time uh, before I dive into it. So I think a good kind of separation period will uh-huh. be the amount of time it takes me to watch uh, we season a break. two. Yeah, we, were, <laughs> we were on a break. Yeah, we were We were on a break uh and then we'll pick back up and uh i i'm definitely looking forward to it though
0: yeah it's definitely looking
1: forward awesome and if you queens and kings and everyone in between haven't listened to our episode on Luca Magnata please go back to episode 8 and listen to that and also uh netflix netflix yeah. netflix docu series or limited what did you say limited series limited series yeah. Uh, about the life and crimes and investigation into Luca Magnana Mm -hmm. and I think maybe that's it yeah I think maybe it is time to mic drop
0: (laughs) should we hit the bullshit button one more time for good measure sure
1: just so everybody oh
0: that's a great way to that one I don't know
1: I've heard before uh, but thank you, Ashley, for being here with me today. Thank
0: you. Good way. Thank you, everyone else.
1: Thank you, Slay Queens, for joining us again. Uh, we sincerely appreciate it. We sincerely appreciate all the feedback and all the praise and all the love and all the attention that we've gotten on social medias. If you want to reach out to us on any of our platforms, we have Twitter uh, and we have Instagram and both of our handles are the same, Ashley. Ashley. Sorry, guys. That's my mom texting me. I apologize. <laughs> Slay Queens pod. Slay Queens pod on Twitter and uh, Instagram. We also have a Gmail account set up.
0: Slay Queens pod at gmail.com.
1: And we're both now on Twitter. So I you am. could reach out to us individually. I am at the Slay Queen way. I
0: fucking knew you were gonna. I don't know what my handle <laughs> is. I'll let you know next time, though. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't know what.
1: You are Slay Queen underscore Ash.
0: Is it? Yeah, Slay Queens or Slay <laughs> oh, Queen. Christ yeah, it. yeah. It's Slay like Queen.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Slay Queen Ash or Slay Queen underscore Ash. There it so is. <laughs> please, please uh, reach out to us if you have show ideas. Reach out to us if you have constructive feedback. Reach out to us if you want to throw memes our way that you'd like to see us post. Yeah, Those are my best. fave um and if anybody is listening to us on apple podcasts please 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 uh rate and review us five stars we would sincerely appreciate that and that just helps other listeners uh hear about us and have some exposure to the pod so that maybe we could have some more queens yes uh, out in our queendom so (laughs) out in our queendom so thank you thank you thank you everybody and go out and slay queens just not each other. Just not each other. <laughs> I'm going away,
0: but I won't come back On a lonesome railroad line But I can't forget that sweet little girl Who sleeps in the pines and the pines